0: Welcome back to Yomi. Let us continue learning Mishnah's Maestros. Getting close to the end of Mishnehis Maestros with the fifth parak, Perik He, Mishneh hay and Mishneh Vov. Eretz Israel we know. Eretz Israel is the land that God gave us, given to us, promised to Avram. The Jewish people entered the land of Israel. We conquered it as one nation. However, in the days of David and Melech, he did what's called a Kivish Yechid. He traveled to the land of Surya, and he conquered it, and... Chazal, the rabbis, there's a bit of an ambiguity about what is the exact status now of of the augmented Eretz the lands in the augmented section. Is it Eretz proper? Does it have some of the laws of Israel? Does it have none of the laws of Israel? And you'll see in our Mishnah how that plays out. If a Jew goes ahead and buys a field full of vegetables in Surya if he purchases this field and all the vegetables before they reach the stage of, of maestros at that moment then once they do reach the stage of maestros and it's now in his possession he's obligated to take up trumas and maestros however we should buy loan and maestros but if he only purchases these vegetables after they reach the stage of maestros potter then the vegetables are exempt because they reached let's call it their maturity they are full the point where they're now chayv and trumas and maestros when they were still owned by the non-jew in surya and if that's true if they reach their fullest potential they reach the moment of the of chiyah when a non-jew owned them and only after the jew comes along and purchases them he can treat them like a regular like a regular non non-sacred produce regular Hulin, and he can harvest them himself but He's not allowed to hire people to harvest with him. The reason for that is not because there's anything inherently wrong with that, but Chazal were concerned that the workers are going to get confused about why exactly he's not treating these things uh, uh, with the appropriate, the appropriate way that one's supposed to treat tromicomyces, why he's not removing the appropriate tithes from it. And because of that confusion, only he is allowed to separate, uh, to, to treat it normally and harvest it normally. He may even hire workers to harvest the vegetables. He didn't have this concern. Shimon ben when did we say? When did we say that this idea that there's a difference between before and after the produce reached the stage of maizrus? When the Jew not only purchases the vegetables of the field, but buys the actual land. He gets a deed to the land, and included in that are the vegetables. I was on Jaloc on a cock-up. What if he comes along and says, I don't want to buy the land. I don't have the money to buy the land. I don't want to invest in land in Syria. But I see a beautiful field full of delicious, succulent-looking peppers. I want to buy the peppers. So in that case, he's only purchasing the produce. Then we don't apply this uh, this idea and of and even if he bought them before they reached the stage of maestros, he's exempt from removing trumas and maestros because again it's at that point he only purchased purchased the produce but didn't purchase the land so because it's in surya we, we treat it like regular chulin Rebbe Omer af lefi cheshbon so Rebbe actually says as follows he takes a little bit of an argument here and that is when the Tanakhama says that the Jew who purchases these produce, let's say the Jew buys these peppers after they already reached the point at which one has to take out off and maizdurs, and we said in, in Surya, then the Jew can treat it like regular Hulin. That would mean even if it continued to grow, we say, well, because it, it reached the point of chieh, of obligation, when it was in the non-Jew's hands, so even if it grows ten times more, the Jew can treat it like regular Hulin. But Rebbe disagrees He says, no, that the Jew has to make a cheshbon, he has to portion out how much grows after it's now in his hands, and on that amount that he grows after, he has to take off the appropriate maestros from it. Mishnah, both. The Mishnah talks about the uh, drink of Temid. What's Temid? Temid was they would take wine sediment, left leftover wine, nothing gets wasted on a farm, nothing gets wasted back in the day, unlike today's society where everything we throw everything out. I think I once saw somewhere, Americans throw out about 40% of our produce, which is a crazy number to think about. In the, you know, you talk to farmers, nothing ever gets wasted. And therefore, they take the wine sediment and soak it in water, Now, produce some sort of droplets, would get into this wine, this drink called Temet, which is, only I mean, maybe a little alcoholic, and it was considered wine, a low-quality wine, but wine nonetheless, and one has to remove Tramiss and Meisters from it. However, because it was mostly water, our mistress is going to try to ascertain when one has to say, Meisters come off it, and when doesn't Meisters not come off it. Hamat m'noisimai the person makes temid, and he pours a measure of water into it, in order to allow it to soak. Umotsu and he, when he goes back, he finds the same amount of, of water there. Let, let's say he pours in four jugs of water, and ends up with four jugs of temid. Potter, at that point, he's exempt from maestros. Either he's exempt because we assume that since it didn't increase at all, so whatever did increase, a little tiny amount are butter of the rove, are nullified, or because all it is is kiyuba alma. He basically just changed the coloring. But he didn't actually, and I guess a little flavor went inside. But not, he didn't add any real mamoshas, any real concrete, concrete uh, wine to this mixture. This is similar. It comes up in other areas. In let's say coffee, when halacha, the there's a question is: coffee its own entity, or is coffee essentially water that's colored? Yes, it has more flavor, and yes, it's the, you know it's, it's the elixir of the Talmud Chachem. It's the, it's the way you if you want to learn, you got to drink coffee. Okay, I know some people learn don't drink coffee, but that's how that got me through yeshiva. But ultimately, it's. Pretty much water with a little bit of uh, coloring in it, or even beer, because the question Tosus wants to know how come beer is not Mizono's? It comes from barley, and one of his answers seems to be it's you know it's it's mainly it's coloring, but you don't actually add any real marmoshas to it. Okay, that's really beyond what we have to discuss today. But the point is of our mishnah: if you make this temet, you pour water over this this wine sediment, and you and you end up with the same amount at the end. So then it's just it, we assume that you don't have to take any maestros off it. Rebihuda Mechaev, Rihuda says, no, you have to even take off Meiser from that as well. Now, the question is, how exactly do you remove Meiser? Either according to Rihuda or according to the, the Tanakhama, if, let's say, you end up with more. You end up having a significant amount more uh, than when you first started. Matzi <speaking> al <in Hebrew> Motel of Makamach, you don't have to remove from that from that exact wine press, from the, excuse me, that exact jug, rather you can go to a different jug of wine, a different jug of wine, and remove from that. The same way you can remove from barrel to barrel, where I can say this pile takes is the miser for the pile over there, so too you can do it over here as well. fi Cheshbon, all according to the proportion of the wine in the temid. You don't have to take off miser for the water, but rather for the wine that is now in the temid. I wish you all a wonderful day.